the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. If you will open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 11 through 21. Stand with me as I read, please. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. Verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee from these things. Aim at and pursue righteousness, true goodness, moral conformity to the character of God, godliness, the fear of God, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and in the presence of Christ Jesus who made the good confession in his testimony before Pontius Pilate to keep all his precepts without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will bring about in his own time. He who is blessed And only the blessed and only sovereign, the absolute ruler, the king of those who reign as kings, and the lord of those who rule as lords. He alone possesses immortality, absolute exemption from death, and lives in unapproachable life, whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power and dominion. Amen. As for the rich In this present world, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share with others. In this way, storing up for themselves the enduring riches of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit of godly truth entrusted to you. Turn away from worldly and godless chatter with its profane, empty words and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge which some have professed and by doing so have erred, missed the mark, and strayed from the faith. Grace be with you. 
You may be seated. Uh, You're probably saying to yourself, well, good luck getting through that, Pastor. But there is a message that flows with the context of what Paul is trying to say to Timothy. And understanding the difficult and hard place that Timothy's in and all that he might be facing in the midst of that church, it makes it flow. It reveals the Father's heart. Now, look at verse 11, and Paul begins with, but as for you, in other words, you, I'm talking to you, I'm talking about you, I'm not talking about them, right? But as for you, kind of reminds me when me and my brother used to get in trouble, turning to one and saying, but as for you, well, I knew that didn't include him, right? It says, but as for you, you are not like, in other words, you're not like the people I just described. You're not like the people we just read about in the earlier verses. You're not like them. He says, as for you, O man of God. Now, you've got to think about that. What a tremendous encouragement. Because this is not Paul saying this to him. This is actually the Spirit of God speaking directly to Timothy. And he says, as for you, O man of God. Wow. You know, in the face of such insecurity and, and sense of failure and all the other things that might accompany trying to disciple a carnal church, What a vote of confidence to his soul. What a tremendous encouragement it must have been to young Timothy. It is a possessive phrase indicating that Timothy belonged to God in a special and unique way. And you imagine all the challenges that he faced. The ridicule concerning his age. The haunting doubts that would lay siege to Timothy's soul. The noise of the accuser's voice in Timothy's ears. Seeking to install self-doubt and discouragement into Timothy's thinking. Timothy would likely have doubts and ask questions like, What am I doing here? Thoughts like, I'm no Paul. I'm just a poor substitute. Can you relate to that? And God puts you in a place that absolutely overwhelms you. And you begin to question his leading in your life. And you begin to question whether or not you'll be able to stand or, or endure. The enemy will always measure the circumstances against our flesh. He'll do it so we can see how hopeless the situation is. But thing is... When you measure the circumstances against the flesh, you're measuring the circumstances against something that really doesn't matter. Because we are not flesh. We wear flesh, but it's not who we are. Now, my flesh can be easily defeated. My flesh can be overcome. My flesh can be put down. But the life that I carry within me, the life that is in union with the Son of God, cannot be and will not be. So, the Spirit of God through Paul reminds Timothy of who he is. But as for you, O man of God. You know, in the Old Testament, this was a title for prophets And in the New Testament, only Timothy is called this. It's an interesting title. It it yokes the weakness of man with the strength of God. O man of God. 
It's a title that is befitting for every one of you because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Timothy is not a man of the world or a man of accomplishment. He is a man of God. Timothy's name actually means he who honors God. And Paul continues with, flee from these things. You are a man of God. These things do not suit you. Well, what things are we talking about? Well, don't lose the context. The things that Paul has just named. The things that are characteristic of the false teacher or the carnal Christian. Principally pride, vain arguing, the love of money, controversy, dissentiousness, gossip, greed, etc. And we could name more, but what I will do, as I did last week, is just read 1 John 2.16, which sums it all up. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and the longing of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world. Fleeing in the face of temptation is wisdom. Do you hear me? Fleeing in the face of temptation is wisdom. Anything else is the arrogance of the flesh. This says, I can stand. I can handle it. With God's help. Well, God told you to get out of there. What are you doing there? Remember that fleeing Potiphar's wife kept Joseph from sin. And failure to flee from Delilah's lies doomed Samson to be blinded and enslaved. You see, there's wisdom in fleeing. To flee is wise. But when you flee, you need to be sure and run in the right direction. Paul continues, aim at and pursue righteousness, true goodness, moral conformity to the character of God, godliness, the fear of God, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Now, Paul names six different things in these verses, and the first three relate to God, and the other three relate to man. The first thing we are to pursue is righteousness, which the Amplified defines as true goodness and moral conformity to the character of God. And I will go further and say that righteousness is ours because we're in Christ. And are therefore, we are therefore living out of the character of God. We live in the character of God. Whether or not we express it or not is simply a matter of our will, isn't it? Yielding to the Spirit of God, living in the truth, will cause you to express the character of God. God is what? Love. Now, if I'm going to express love, I yield to God, to the character of God in my life. It is part of who I am. It's not just God's character anymore. He's placed his heart in me. Now it is my character. This is a call to faith. If you interpret this as a call to become righteous, you've missed it. It's a call to faith, first and foremost. We have been made righteous through Christ. Live it out. That's the call. 2 Corinthians 5.21 It says, He made Christ, who knew no sin, 
to judicially be sin on our behalf. So that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and be placed in right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. So we have been made righteous by virtue of being in Christ. To pursue righteousness is not to seek to be righteous, but to recognize that you are and live in the truth of it. The next one is godliness, okay? Which could also be interpreted as godlikeness, a reference to how we think and live. It is living to our new creation being, living in the context of his life within, reverencing him, honoring him, worshiping him with our lives, letting our living flow out of who we are, abiding. Letting our living flow out of who we are. It refers to wholeness. In other words, we are not compartmentalized where my spirit is in union with the spirit of God. But my mind, will, and emotions, my soul have been serving the appetites of my flesh. Rather, I live with the whole of my being. The whole of my being is yielded to the spirit. So that I manifest his life in all things. That's godliness. Okay? Second Peter 1.3 For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. Through what? How? Through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. True personal knowledge. That incorporates two things. It is an intimacy. An intimacy that comes from oneness. Okay? It is an intimacy with his life based in our communion and our union with him. That is a personal gnosko knowledge of him. An intimate knowledge of him. It is also based on experience of living from that personal, intimate relationship. Because if you don't live from it, in other words, live out from it, guess what? You're not experiencing it. You're not knowing the intimacy He intended you to know. If you say, I feel distant from God, first of all, that's in your feelings, which don't make any difference. But if you say, I feel distant from God, it's typically because you've been living that way. Okay? It is not based on what we know about God. It's based on the intimate knowing of God. The last item he points out is faith. Now, you've heard me talk about that a lot. Faith. And you've heard me say, faith is how we live the Christian life. It is the function of the Christian life. Galatians 2.20 points to it pretty clearly. Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ, that is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, how do I live it? 
By faith. How are you living this life as a Christian? Are you living it by faith? Or are you just living it by sight? Or maybe it's just a smidge of faith. Kind of like some of the recipes. I just put a sprinkle of faith. No. If faith for you is relegated to the things that you can't do in your flesh, you're not living by faith. You're living by sight. And hoping God ponies up when you can't handle it. That's not faith. That's not intimate personal experience with Him. So what Paul is saying, live it by faith, Timothy. You can't feel it right now. You look out at all the hostility. You hear the dissentious remarks. You hear all the little slights. You hear all the accusations of the accuser. You're not feeling it. You might get discouraged. It may look impossible to you. You may not be able to see any way forward in this. But you know what? Faith says God is in charge. God is sovereign. God has got this. The ministry of Christ is not deterred by faith flesh. It's not. That means that God can take you into the most unbelieving, dark place on the earth, and you will still shine like the morning light. Because that's the way He created you. The ministry of Christ is in you, and goes about you, and precedes you. Paul is charging Timothy to stand in faith. There's the truth of it. He says, Timothy, stand in faith. By faith, you embrace who you are as the ministry of Christ. By faith, you can know the communion of the vine. By faith, you will find confidence to declare the truth in the midst of lies. Now we look at the three that are the, to be the manifestations of the ministry of Christ towards people. The first is another word that we are familiar with, and that is the word love, agape. It is agape. The ministry of Christ is always expressed in agape. It is the manifestation of God himself through your life. It is who God is. It comes from God. It sources God. Now, think about how critical that would be for Timothy as he faced carnality and hostility of these people. You see, the contrast that is most readily seen in the face of hostility and rejection is unconditional love. It really is. You know, Timothy could face off with these people and argue doctrine. I'm sure he was well-versed enough to do that. He could draw a line and, and say, you know, you're wrong on these points. He could do that, and that, you know, that could be instructive. But they're not going to see anything but Timothy's knowledge like that. What they really need to see is the love of God inviting them back from carnality and self-imposed rejection into the loving arms of God who would bring them into truth and heal them of their wickedness. That's what they need to see. You know, I've never invited anybody to repent by saying, you need to come to the Lord because he needs to just take a belt to your rear end. He needs to really just whip you up one side and down the other. He needs to punish you. He needs to show you how wrong you are. So come to the Lord right now. How many people would come down the aisle? And I'd worry about them that did. 
The reality of it is that God didn't invite any of us that way. He invited us with his love, didn't he? 1 Timothy 1.5 says, But the goal of our instruction is love. The goal of our instruction is love, which springs from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Steadfastness is the next word. And it speaks of endurance, tenacity, not giving up on the work of God in ourselves, in our circumstance, or in others. We never give up on the work of God because he is steadfast, he is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, one of my favorite verses, says, Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you to himself for your salvation, and he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you, and protecting you. He's faithful. He's faithful to what he calls you to. What a powerful truth that would be for Timothy to embrace with his troubled soul. What a powerful truth it is for us to embrace with our troubled soul. To know that the the God who holds me together is going to be faithful in all things concerning me. Not just in the things that I'm concerned with, but the the things that I can't even see or know. I mean, in my life, I found over and over again that God went before me outside of the scope of my vision. You know, you you go through life playing whack-a-mole, don't you? Thinking that you're going to be able to put it all down, right? But what you don't know is there are moles everywhere. And God is holding them down with his strong hand. Or he is preventing their appearance from moving you one way or the other. Every one of us is being held together by him. It's not up to us to find the moles and whack them. It's up to us to recognize that we have a God. That he protects and keeps us. Steadfastness in faith shoulders through in the face of discouragement. It stands and refuses to give way to self-indulgence, fear, and selfishness. It keeps us in the narrow way and rejects the wide path of compromise and comfort. Then at last, the last thing that he wrote is gentleness, which is also fruit of the Spirit. It is God's heart towards men. Now let's look at verse 12. Verse 12, this verse, I think, has been preached almost to death, but it's a great verse. It says, fight the good fight of faith in the conflict with evil. Fight the good fight of what? Of the faith, right? In the conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession of faith. In the presence of many witnesses. Okay? Now listen, child of God. The walk of faith is a fight. The walk of faith is a fight. It's not a vacation till we hit heaven. If you don't know this, you haven't been living in the truth very long. But the world and the flesh are a battleground. They are a battleground. The world and the flesh will seek to distract you and entice you away from the walk of faith. 
You will find yourself less and less comfortable with the things of God and the people of God. Faith will, for you will be relegated to an occasional devotional or a mentally scripted prayer. And only in crisis you become determined in your relationship with the Lord. That is not fighting. That's already surrender. Fighting the good fight is in present tense. It means to fight and never, ever stop fighting as long as you're on the planet. This is not us trying to become more godly or more Christ-like. It's not about being more religious. It's about determined faith to live from who we are, not becoming, but being. Now, I realize that we've heard this so many times that we disregard the discipline of what it means to live it out. But this is a fight that demands your attention. It requires an aggressive faith that is determined in truth. It's not a passive resignation that holds the obedience to truth with an open hand and the appetites of the flesh with a grip of steel. It's the fighting of an undertow, the undertow of the world. It is fighting of a of the enemy's attempt to distort the truth in your thinking. It's fighting the voice of the accuser who would convince you that your failures define you, that carnality suits you. It's rejecting anything that competes with the affirmation of truth in your life. It's a determination of faith that will not relent, but is determined to know Him in His fullness, to grow in love and truth. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.